This is the fourth Sunday of Easter, the middle Sunday in the season. And on this middle Sunday, we find the gospel reading asking a rather curious question for this particular time in the church year. Today's gospel brings us back to a day before the crucifixion, as Jesus was walking in the temple. And again, the religious leaders gathered around him, questioning him, perhaps taunting him. They ask, how long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. There's a good chance that their questions lack sincerity. And from our knowledge of the whole story, we assume that they do not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, they believe that he is quite the opposite. A troublemaker, a heretic, and perhaps what we today might call a terrorist. They hope that he will confirm this by telling them plainly that he is the Messiah. And with this declaration, he will give them permission to prosecute him and rid themselves of this annoying threat to their power and authority and to that of Rome. Once again, however, Jesus refuses to take the bait. Instead, as he often did, he turned, to the, turned the question back to them saying, I've told you and you do not believe. How has he told them? His works, he said, testify to who he is. There's plenty of evidence, he assures them. The real issue, the real problem, is their own belief. This is the question the gospel brings to us this morning, one of belief. And of course, we do believe, don't we? And isn't this a rather peculiar time to be asking this question? Here we are in the middle of the season of Easter. It's a season of joyous belief. It's a celebration of the victory of life over death, the awareness of our lives redeemed forever from the power of sin. 50 days of gratitude for penance paid and absolution guaranteed for all eternity. And here's this question before us about believing that Jesus is the Messiah. Well, it would be easy to sidestep this matter of belief. Instead, we could focus on the promise to believers with which this passage concludes. Believers whom Jesus describes as his sheep hear his voice and follow him. In return, he gives them eternal life and they will never perish. No one may snatch them from his hand. But the question continues to tug at the back corners of our minds. Do we really believe that? And how do we believe? Are we followers of Jesus or merely admirers? Are we Christians or just Christian-ish? Our Western mind has been formed by the notion that belief is based upon evidence. The scientific method depends on the formulation of an hypothesis, which we then test by experimentation. And if the data from the experiment confirms the hypothesis, we may be reasonably certain that it is true. If the evidence fails to confirm the hypothesis, we have to revise it or create a new theory. In this way of thinking, which we've all been taught in schools, 
A belief is rooted in observation and evidence collected in support of it. John's writing, however, says that even this is not enough. After all, those to whom Jesus speaks have been observing him for some time now, keeping a close eye on this guy. And even Jesus acknowledges that the testimony of his works, the works of the creator God, is simply not enough for this group of people. If this is so, then how does one get to be one of those sheep who knows the, ma hears, knows the master's voice? A member of the flock that cannot be snatched from his hand. The gospel suggests that we, what we need is to act as though believing is a choice. The product of a free will rather than the prize in a debate. The time comes when evaluating the evidence must end. Eventually, all the questions we have to ask become evidence only of our own pro procrastination. We put it off as long as we can. The deep chasm of uncertainty between the known and the possible has no bridge except our choice to believe, to trust the good news about Jesus to be true. Throughout these 50 days of Easter, we're moving inevitably toward the day of ascension. And it's the memory of these 40 days when the promises of the resurrection walk and talk with us in certainty that we must sustain for the rest of the year. These are the days when we stand close to the flame of the Paschal candle so that it may look we may look closely at the world around us in the light of its brilliance. We hold these memories of this world illuminated by the promise of eternal life as a mental photograph we can recall from memory in the dark days that may come in the months ahead. Today, in the midst of stories of Christ's resurrection appearances, we're called to remember that these miracles wrought by God's great gift, Jesus Christ, they're not ours by evidence nor by hypothesis proven by experiments. They are ours by choice and therefore we believe. And we ask God to help our unbelief. I had a professor in seminary who used to say, you cannot destroy in the armchair what has been verified in the laboratory of the human soul. It's that kind of believing. The choice to believe is the most democratic one we'll ever make. It is freely offered as a gift to every person who has or does or ever will live. It is a choice that allows us to experience inward and spiritual grace it's also a choice that calls us to live lives that produce outward and visible signs. Distinctive behaviors that will be noticed by those around us and will actually bring about the transformation of some of their lives. It's a choice that sets us apart from the rest of the world and yet urges us to invite the rest of the world to join us in following Jesus. It is a choice that calls us to make Easter and a sense of the living presence of the risen Christ alive, not just 50 days, but every day. 
This is the choice each of us will carry with us as we leave this place today. The choice to live every day spreading the joy and vitality of this love of God so that all time and all people everywhere will know it because of the love that is a part of our lives and that is radiated by us. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Amen.